Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the HVAC Hustle Podcast. And today I have Hirsch Blissett from the Service Business Mastery Podcast. And I always like having a professional podcaster on here. Yeah, I appreciate that. I because appreciate that. You, you know how to just shoot the shit yeah. for long periods of time. Oh, yeah. It's a whole skill. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's an acquired one, that's for sure. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it's kind of crazy. People, people will be like, well, it shouldn't be. You know, we should only have $100 million founders that are telling us what to do. But let's be real. Sometimes they do, well, they also don't know how to talk, like talk for long periods about like just random stuff, yeah. which is this whole skill, like communicating as like an entertainment versus like running a business are two separate things. I know you, you're uh, between the two companies though, so you're at like uh, three, four, five million. Where are you Six, at? Yeah. Six million. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're cranking along. And how long ago did you start these HVAC companies? Uh, 2014 and 2020. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And um, I'm going to start out with a couple quick hitters. Yeah. And then we'll get into the rest of our topics. Cool deal. Um, we're, we're talking about what does it look like running an HVAC company in 2024? And how do you go past 1 million? Go past 1 million. Get, get out of the truck. Get yeah. out of your own way. Uh, if you're not great at it, hire someone to do it. Yeah. If you're not great at it and you love it, hire somebody to do it. You can love it and be great at it. You can hate it and be great at it. You can hate it and be bad at it. Uh, and you can love it and be bad at it. But if you're not great at it and love it, hire somebody else to do it. What is something that you see companies that are doing under one or two million that you're like, yeah, you're going to stay there? Staying in the truck. Okay. <laughs> So That's you're it. really big on that one. Yeah. You got it. The, the yeah. second business I started, I started day one with a technician and I knew that I wasn't going to get in the van. I didn't have a spare van for me to get in. Uh, I, I rely a lot on technology as far as we're 100% remote. So my technicians, I could see and talk and, and work with them through technology. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need to be on site. I didn't need to be the hero of my world, of our service world. We love doing that as small business owners, oh, yeah. don't we? We love to be the, it's ego. We inflate yeah, ourselves, only I can do this. Yeah, how do you How do you break free from only I can do this? You decide if you wanna grow or not, because there's only so many things you can do in the business as the hero of the business. Not only that, you won't keep good people because uh, for one, you need to empower them in, to, in order for them to be able to make mistakes. Uh, they, you'll always be bombarded with the overwhelming amount of calls and uh, they're gonna pass the buck to you. So unless you let them make mistakes and get your ego out of the way. Mm. So you, as soon as you, so we have a policy where you can make a $500 mistake every day and I'll never make it, I'll never call you. I won't <laughs> give you a problem or anything. Uh, like so like you step through a ceiling and you get taken care of, like, you're not gonna hear me call and raise hell with you. Uh, now, if you did it twice in one day, we might have a little conversation, but uh, you can make a $500 mistake and it's, you're not gonna get scolded by me. Uh, well, you know how much time that wastes sitting there constantly micromanaging yeah. a $500 mistake? Yeah. Think about how much time you're wasting if you're, if you're in that smaller business side. How much time you're wasting sitting there getting upset too yeah, like I mean, and your energy's off and you got big, 
you could make another couple thousand dollars with that energy if you don't lose it. Not only that, the reaction you get from that technician, especially if it's a junior technician or a newer technician, that the reaction that they have whenever you say, water under the bridge, dude, let's roll, keep doing it. And then the next call they go on, they sell a thousand dollars where they normally would average $500 to make up you know, for that. Naturally, not not to do it to, to, to make up for it, but they just, the confidence that it builds them, that they know that, hey, look, I can, I don't have to worry about my job. So yeah. I'll, I'll definitely do whatever it takes. If you undermine the confidence, mm-hmm. oh man, you know, not only do you waste money by micromanaging this stuff, but you're making them slow down. Yeah. Like in, they're going to watch every little thing they do. And what is it? I mean, when you're charging by time, sure. Right, right. But when you're, when you're charging like flat, flat rate, rate mm-hmm. then it's terrible to undermine their confidence. And they will, you'll get way less service calls out of what them happens, if they're constantly worried about that. What happens whenever you undermine their confidence is they begin calling you for approval for every little thing they do. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm pretty sure this is the problem, but can you confirm it? And like, man, you did that three years ago. You know that's the right way to do things, but you've done beat them up that now, if that's not the solution to the problem, they can pass the buck to you because like you said, that was the problem. So now it's not my fault that you, that you were wrong. So that's, it's just such a slippery slope of course, we don't want to waste $500 a day. Like nobody wants to do that. But as you build that confidence in the technician, then all of a sudden you don't have those calls anymore and you don't have the $500 mistake anymore. What he does is he teaches the most valuable team in your business. He'll just add nothing but profit. There's so much money left in the call center. So much money. If you're not at a 90% booking rate, showing empathy on the phone, smiling on the phone, making sure they're having a better day after they got off the phone with you, then you need to call Power Selling Pros and see Brady. The other thing is if you go past 3 million or whatever, yeah. or you get you get into the promised land as you currently see it. If you did this a lot, if you're undermining them every time it's 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, like if you're, if you're really getting upset or you're, you're, it's a big deal, then you own the new result. Yes. Because now you're owning it. You're telling them, okay, it shouldn't have been done like this. It should have been done like this. Whereas if you let them kind of like process it themselves, they'll, they'll fix it and they'll make process improvements right and i'll tell you exactly. what at a certain point you don't have time to make every process improvement yeah exactly and uh, you give the it's processes with with some leniency so then they can make the yeah. improvements on it and the worst thing in the world as a technician is for somebody just to constantly dump new processes on you but whenever you have the power to improve the process all of a sudden now that's my process it's not the company's process. So I have buy-in and I'm gonna make sure that I do it. And not only that, I'm gonna hold the rest of the team, the team mm. accountable too. So if they screw up the process, like, hey man, I, I came up with that and we need to make sure we're doing it the right way. And it is scary. It is yeah. scary to let oh, it's people terrifying. own that yeah. process yeah. now. Like, because it's your name, yeah. your baby, you built the business. That technician could quit tomorrow yeah. and be gone. Uh, but yeah, you're right. 
it's super uncomfortable. Like, don't make like just because we're making it like you should do this doesn't mean it's not uncomfortable in yeah. its own way. Yeah. So okay, I'm, commercial break. Not really a commercial, but I'm, I want to just give a separate segment for a second before we go into the rest of this podcast. It is our hot takes and cold trends segment. So my question for you: hot take on the HVAC industry. What is something that you think or believe that you know is pretty controversial? And that a lot of people might disagree with you on. Controversial. Uh, you don't have to have an office yeah. to be successful. Okay. You don't have to see each other face to face every single day to be successful. Um, I run a remote company and I did it on purpose because I wanted to prove a point that I could, I could be an hour and a half away from my nearest service area and still be able to communicate, grow the business and still be able to build culture because that's what everybody believes that you're gonna have terrible culture if you don't see each other every single morning and hang out around the water cooler every every day. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's my hot take that that's that's a load of You were doing that before uh, we've been doing that since COVID, so. well well before then. Okay. You know, 2018 ish. Crazy. Okay. What's a cold trend that you see a lot of people still pursuing in the industry or throwing money or resources at that you really think is kind of dead or unnecessary? You can't use office. Ah, that's exactly what my brain kept yeah, going, yeah, like yeah. office, office, office. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, so I stay away from office. Mm. You don't be afraid to be spicy. Yeah. This, is, this is part of it. This is, I, I would say... I would say following the wrong people in the trade in the, like, uh, just because somebody has a lot of followers doesn't mean they're a great, uh, business leader. Oh yeah. So they could be quote unquote an influencer. And, and I am stepping on my own toes because I'm what's considered an influencer. Uh, but just because I said something, don't take that shit to the bank. Like there's a strong possibility that it might not work in your business because it worked in my business. You have to understand that my business isn't your business. And, if you're listening to this and you're 500,000 and you want to get to the million dollar mark, what worked for me might not work for you. And what works for somebody in California might not work for somebody in Georgia. Well, you heard it here, folks, all the HVAC influencers out there, home <laughs> services influencers, don't just follow it because they said it. Right. I think, you know, back in the day, you had to prove yourself and show winning in large quantities before people would listen, I think. Yeah. Unless you're a celebrity, which that was a different threshold. It was higher probably. Nowadays, yeah, you can get a lot of likes on something or a ton of followers and then suddenly we think it's I don't know what our brains our brains think that you must be telling the truth well, or there must be something else. There. If there's five thousand other people following this person, there can't be five thousand people that are wrong. Yeah. They can't pull the wool over 5,000 other people's eyes. And there's 20 people in their comments saying, yeah, this is brilliant. Right. But what you don't know is they already blocked five people that called them on their bullshit. Right. Yeah. And, and not only that, but the, the, the person that they're following could, have, could genuinely be a great person and have a great personality and just be a likable person. And that's why they follow them. It's not because what they're saying is factual or true or anything. It's just they're a great person showman and i think people know this instinctually yeah. so i think we're just giving them permission yeah. i think 
it is a cold trend to sit there constantly following influencers and act like they really know what influencers. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's for some reason our brain does that. He's, this guy's getting out of a sports car. He must have 10, yeah. 20 million in the bank or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Now there are yeah. guys, there are lots of guys and gals out there who are very intelligent and they have a lot of money and they get in and out of sports cars and they never even post it on social media. Yeah. And I have friends that are that way. Went to, went to Africa, but you'll never see a picture of him flying in a $10,000, $13,000 flight one way to Africa. You won't see pictures of that on social media. Yeah. But he's he drops a hundred grand just to fly his family across the you know the water. And uh, it, it, those are the kinds of things that you have to pay attention to. Like the person that's always spending the money on these cars, probably leasing the Lambos or whatever. Uh, make What do they say? Money talks, wealth whispers? Right. Those guys that are that wealthy, some of them are like, I'm hiding this. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Can't hide money, but no. There's a little bit of that, like, if I have this one, I'm not trying to make people, I'm not trying to make myself into a target. Right. When I have that much real money. I mean, I don't know, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, so how should be... How should companies be leveraging AI um, and automation in 23, 24 um, in their home service businesses? What are some of the ways that you've seen? I know that you're on the, the front end of this. How should, what are some ways that people definitely should be doing? I mean, you can't just follow every, yeah. you know, little AI thing. app yeah. that comes out these days. They come out like a new one every 30 seconds, yeah. it feels like. And so what are the ones that like you think are really worth it for home service businesses? Honestly, whatever CRM you're using, uh, make sure the CRM integrates with Zapier. And What's your favorite CRM? Sarah. That's yep. the CRM that we've used. We, we've transitioned recently over to Sarah. Uh, I, I love it. It's, it's amazing for entry level. Uh, they ha are making improvements so that uh, even enterprise level businesses are going to be wonderful on it. Billy, a good friend of mine, is the founder of Sarah. <clears throat> three after three years, is doing fifteen million dollars uh, in his plumbing company, plumbing HVAC company, and that business is just a test business for Sarah. So I mean, the platform itself is a great platform, and it but it also integrates with with Zapier. So like I use uh, Company Cam for collecting images on the job site yeah. and, and it's big in the roofing industry yeah. as well. And so what I have is every time a new job's created inside of Sarah, Zapier automatically creates a new project inside of company cam with all of the customer's information and everything. So then the technician can go over there, snap the photo. That photo can be nice. added to your carousel on your website. Yeah. It's Google, uh, it's um, uh, geotagged, mm. it's got metadata. All that stuff is on your website, on a carousel. Let's go. So then when Google's, you do a Google search in that area for something that's, that's something on your website, yeah. you're, you're ranking up there. Like yeah. that, that stuff, and it's instant, instantaneous. Yeah. And because of the- So look into your CRM. Does it have an integration to do that with company cam? I mean, that's all yeah. amazing, so. Co company cam, I mean, there are tons of different uh, automation features. As soon as uh, somebody leaves the house, are you are you sending the review link as soon as they they trigger uh, completed job? Are you sending a review request? Uh, uh, one of the big things for me is Chat GPT. So I, I use Chat GPT forty to fifty times a day, honestly. 
every email that I get, I have a chat GPT creates a response to every single email and it's learned my personality. So uh, it knows how to respond as if it was me. Uh, and whenever somebody leaves a review on Google, instantaneously, chat GPT replies to the review, whether it's positive or negative, and uh, sends me a notification. What do you use for that? That sounds awesome. Google My Business, Zapier, ChatGPT to uh, Google My Business. Crazy. Yep, instantaneous, every single review. Uh, and There's not like another app besides nope. uh, ChatGPT? And Zapier. Crazy, yep. yeah, that's and, super cool. And so literally anything that I do twice, I'm gonna try and find a Zap for it. Nice. And, uh, or, or delegate it, figure out a way to delegate it to someone else. And that's the only way you can replace yourself as the founder of the business. I love it. I'm going to ask for a couple more spicy questions because I'm trying to, I know that you guys talk fundamentals and I'm trying to make a little bit more like just entertaining, spicy content for people that know you like you. I mean, yeah. a lot of people uh, watch your stuff. And I'm just trying to get you new angles here. So question for you is when should you not get acquired? Because I know that it's, it's easy. Yeah. It's very easy to get acquired these days. It feels like you if can, you just sniff five million dollars revenue you're, you're gonna get like three emails a week oh, yeah. you're not special no offense or, or three emails a day yeah i mean uh one of our businesses is at two million and i get three emails a day yeah you know uh so <clears throat> it's before you're ready that's that's when it's a bad idea to get acquired uh if you don't have three years of solid financials don't get acquired. I mean, they're gonna throw you some, some they're gonna throw you the bone, they're gonna tell you these great, great, amazing success stories, and then all of a sudden, they're gonna offer you garbage numbers, and like, they're gonna tell you, oh, well those, you can't add, you know, no add backs, or, or you can't justify this and that and the other. Or they'll do like a, they'll do like a, there's a big carrot down the way. Right. You're in a roll up, and this could be worse. It, we're gonna be the billion dollar yeah company in the so and you don't watch that do, later do like, not let someone buy you and then pay you based on the success in the future yeah that's bullshit yeah i've seen so many people who had really good, successful businesses they get purchased under that understanding like all right so based on your net profit in the future we're going to keep paying you x dollars amount and then they tank the company and then you don't get paid shit yeah and then you have to go back and rebuild the, the ruined reputation that you've done, that they've done. Because a lot of times, this is what I think about private equity, it's not all platforms, right? And there's some platforms that are really, they have a time frame in mind and they're going to suck it dry yeah. towards the end of that time frame so they can resell it for like, yeah. Because you know you're you're kind of just like EBITDA hacking at that point. Right. There's a lot of companies EBITDA hacking, mm -hmm. and it's like okay, but like, what about the fundamentals of business? What about the like quality of service? And I'm not trying to be that right, age old right, right. purist. Yeah, yeah. It's like we need the perfect quality of service. I'm saying like 80% happy customers at least. You know like. Yeah. And I'm not you saying ruin the entire customer yeah. base. You go yeah. through them all and, and burnt every bridge. Cause there is there's short term mindset and sometimes oh, yeah. five years is short term mindset. Oh yeah, absolutely. They, and and I've, I see it personally in my market where 
they purchased a company that had 5,000 customers and they're, they're going through the customers and they're just trying to change out units as, as and if you don't change out a unit, burn the customer and, uh, and just name a name real quick. No, I'm just, nah, I'm just, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but my last question is about this idea. We talked a little bit about it at the beginning, like we talked a little bit about how these are the things to do if you don't want to go past $1 million revenue, yeah, yeah. right? Let's flip that on its head. How you go into a, a uh, HVAC company and you see they're struggling, they're stuck, maybe there's some pride, maybe there's some incompetence, but how could they replace themselves in their business and actually get past that one million, two million mark? First thing you gotta do is price yourself right. Make sure your pricing is correct because it, you will never be able to hire someone to replace you if you're not charging enough money. A lot of people have the mentality and the mindset of it's only me and it's only one other person. So I, there's, I'm ripping people off if I'm if I'm charging more than forty five dollars an hour or something crazy like that. But you you charge for the future, and you're never going to be able to hire that you know, operator or uh, any of the, you know, your bookkeeper, anybody to replace the, the, the functions that you're doing if you're only charging the bare minimum for yourself. Because once you've hired that person, you still want to pay yourself. Like, you don't want to just be a nonprofit in a charity case. There's so, a lot of nonprofits out there. There's brother. a lot of them. <laughs> and I mean, shoot, I was a nonprofit for the first five years of my business, I, I, or like yeah. three or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah. I, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Uh, yeah. it, it's. If you're not pricing yourself right and knowing your margins, you're you're just you're never going to be able to cross that threshold. You're never going to be able to get out of the truck if you're in the truck right now. Uh, and don't be afraid, like because when you go to somebody and say, "All right, this is the price," then it's the price. They take it or leave it. You know, uh, I mean, I'm not a sales coach. I'm not going to tell you how to sell to someone. Uh, but there are so many coaches out there. And the other thing is, if you're not pricing yourself right. You can't afford to have a coach. You can't afford to have a, a mentor or take time off to learn because you, you must educate yourself constantly. Quit riding around in the van listening to music. Listen to a podcast. Listen to books on tape. Like, listen to this podcast while you're in between service calls. Like, it, it's the, the most irritating thing in the world I, ha I hear is people saying, man, I don't have time to go to that expo and learn and be educated. You drive all damn day. Turn off the radio and turn on the podcast. Turn on the books on tape. They're cheap. Podcasts are free. Absolutely. It's crazy how much people give away, too. Like, yeah. I, I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of Audible. Uh -huh. I've, uh, but it, podcasts is kind of crazy. Like, no money. Yeah. And literally people are trying to give as much value as they possibly can. It's kind of wild. 100%, yeah. And like some of the smartest people up, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's wild. Just look them up. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess, let me see if I got one more question here. Oh, I wanted to ask you a follow-up to the coaches question. Uh, so I would love it if you named some names. What are three coaches in the industry that you think are legit that people should be looking into? Specific coaches or organizations? Um, 
organizations if it's an organization. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nexstar, BDR, um, Joe Cressera is a great coach. BDR is? Uh, they're actually in the booth right next to us. Okay. Business Development Resources. Okay. Uh, they really, really help out the sub $1 million companies learn the processes. And uh, Al Levy is a process king. So uh, if you want to know processes, he has just the whole program of like every process that you could possibly is need. Is he in BDR or different? No, one? no, he's different. Yeah, okay. so Al Levy. Um, yeah, I've read his book, but I haven't. That's all it's, I uh, it was a seven something contract. Seven power contract. Yes, yeah, yeah. Very good book. Uh, I, list, I read it years ago, but. Um, so. And then you said uh, Joe Casera, and that, what is this organization? Shoot, I want to call it Service MVP. Yes, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so those are three, four good ones. Yeah. I just think like, really, we're promoting this idea of educating yourself mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah, yeah. A and not every group or organization is perfect for every single person. Yeah. They don't all fit everybody's personality. Yeah. So uh, do due diligence. And just because the guy said on a podcast, don't take it for bank. <laughs> no. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, and... I appreciate everyone checking this out and thank you for watching, listening, give it a thumbs up, comment, rate and review, all that stuff. And I appreciate you guys. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.